This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to take your place on the starting grid and get ready for Racer Radio. Your host, Dave Stahl, about to take you for a white-knuckle lap around the motorsports industry, covering everything from top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Watch for the apex, because here comes Racer Radio with Dave Stahl. All right, folks, welcome to Racer FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This segment is brought to you by San Diego Carburetor and Fuel Injection. Go to 6622 University Avenue for all your carburetion and fuel injection needs. Whether it's a hot rod, drag car, dirt bike, or maybe it's a classic car and you want it to be original, that's where you need to be. And Black Forest Motorsports for Porsches, BMWs, and Mini Coopers. Over 40 years experience. John and his team have been putting them on the racetrack and on the street. And it makes for a great dealership alternative. That's BlackForestAutomotive.com. What have you done to me? <laughs> what have you done to me, Brittany? We got a circus in here today. I know. We've already done the food show. We've done uh, the employee show. We found the 10-second delay button. Yes, we did. And Brandon is sitting on it as we speak. So he doesn't have to go too far. Well, Smoke and Joe's back, and he has a fast and fun circle of friends. If you remember, he brought in Lars Larson and yeah. Tommy Croft. Yeah. Yeah. And so today's guest is you know, none ev- other. Well, Let's see if the listeners can guess before I say his name. He was quite often referred to as one of the smoothest and natural writers of his time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard that growing up from my father. I've read up on our guest, and it was always one of the smoothest, one of the smoothest. In his six years professionally writing, he won, I believe, 11 national championship races. And has been inducted in the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Is this all true? Give me a nod if I'm right on this. He's not nodding. He's not even moving. He's not even moving. Pull over and that microphone. I mean, you got big pipes, but you got to... We have today Marty Tripes. Absolutely. Quaaludes will do you wonders when you want to be smooth. Just take a lot of Quaaludes. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) jeez. There you go. That's easy. See, it, it works. That um, was left out of the latest article I read about. Actually, they said you were one of the first to really be up on using your legs a lot. Uh, no, Joe Robert from Belgium was. Is that, where you, that, is that where you picked it up yes, from? Yes, he was my hero. You know, he went, back then when 12 years old, we didn't have um, internet and all the no. stuff. That you could get <laughs> instant pictures and yeah. information. So and magazines, a lot of magazines. It was magazines that were three months late and yeah. this and that. And there was Joel. He's famous for standing up. Uh-huh. And I just knew right then that's what I had to be. So You're I practiced that. I was going to say, did yeah. you practice that first to see if there was any difference in in your performance? I, it's too stupid to know any better. I just did it because he did it. That's right. If he had rode backwards, you'd have rode backwards. <laughs> I do ride backwards sometimes <laughs> on purpose at parties for on purpose. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've heard too. <laughs> Poor smoking Joe's hey, over here hey, going. Exactly. I might as well just leave now. <laughs> hey, what what year did you win that? Super Bowl of motocross. Oh, yeah. 1972. It was L.A. Coliseum. Oh, yeah. Weren't you 16 or something? Like, I super young. I turned 16 young. by nine days. Oh. Wow. It's, uh, they're saying it's probably a record we'll never I was going to say, that's, yeah. that's the youngest, in our isn't lifetimes, it? Yeah. Maybe. And there, just, and there again, you didn't know what the hell you were doing. You're just out having fun riding a motorcycle. I was a Czechoslovakian Mexican trying to do good. <laughs> and you rode. What did you ride? What did you start off with? 
No, what didn't he ride? Oh, Everybody sorry. started with the step through CT 90s, you know. Sure, 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 sure. So that's what I started out yeah. on. And um, just grew from there. It was like the bicycle. Never rode a bicycle. My dad bought it. It was a Christmas present. And oh, cool. Put it together. <laughs> he sat me on. He says, here's the pedals and here's the brakes. And he pushes me down the hill. Sure. That's my it's dad, like, too. Oh. My dad usually yeah, pushes me yeah. in the deep end. So, you it, learn, was the, you learn. it was the same on the motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there you go, kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look. He crashed. Yeah. <laughs> What's cool. that front brake do? You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's grab that thing <laughs> yeah. real Handful. quick. And see no how idea. <laughs> well, you know, we talked a little bit off air. In fact, now that I know you guys are local, we'll probably drag him in for an hour and actually do a whole hour. I want that. I know With Lars... Do. Tommy Croft. Yeah. We, I mean, we could have a lot of fun because we talked a little bit off air that people don't realize, you know, like last night, you know, they had an, had motocross on last night and all the, you know, all the bikes and all the technology and the crews and, you know, and all that. None of that. None of that back in your day. I mean, you, you did you have a whole team behind you when you got, when you started? Well, not in the beginning, but when we turned pro, it was like uh, 70, everything got started with factory mechanics and sponsorships yeah you know and they worked out of a box van for many many years not a semi oh no that was <laughs> <laughs> these guys got jacuzzis in their semis know. And, Stop. you know they do monster they do. girls we were lucky to have joe stedman in there with us yeah yeah, yeah i know that'd be scary in itself but you know <laughs> you kind of cut the tr- the cut the trails with technology shock absorbers you know, wheels, brakes, chassis, even engines. Yeah, we were um, the innovators. The R&D the guys. The R&D guys mm-hmm. truly is what we were. You know, a lot of these guys don't know this, but today, uh, say the L.A. Coliseum in 72, mm-hmm. the bike I couldn't feel very good. It was off in the front and back. I couldn't feel what it needed to do. So, Santee, common sense, you know. Mm-hmm. We got not much to work with out there. I thought, God, when I get on a teeter totter in the schoolyard, you got to stand in the middle of it, and you put one leg on the other, and you can feel the teeter totter, which pressure. And that's what I was missing the feel in the bike. So at a very young age, I knew that, and I switched our bikes around. And when I got to the LA Coliseum, our factory Yamaha, we had done that. And Thorson Holman, the five time world champion or four time world champion, was. The go-to guy for Yamaha of Japan uh-huh. for the new works Yamahas, and he came to me before practice. And he's looking at the bike, you know. Was, Marty, I don't think this is going to work. Where are you doing this? <laughs> you know. And I said, I don't know, Thorson, my God hero. You're telling me it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And he hadn't even seen it go yeah. around the track yeah. yet. So went out and waxed them. Came back. <laughs> The other Swedes that were uh, on factory Yamaha, the Czechs on CZ, the other Swedes on Huskies, they all came to my pit afterwards, and they're pointing and looking at the bike, and uh, Thorsten comes up and he says, would you please tell that story to them again? <laughs> you told it to me, but explain it to them. That is- and uh, so that's one of the things I did in motocross that's been a factor on every bike company. I should have patented it. Yeah. yeah, you should have. Yeah. You know how many tamales I could have bought oh, by now? Oh, my God. My Tons God. Tons of them. Tons I could have used Heartland meat. All my stuff would have been great, but nope. 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 Well, but back then, 
that wasn't your goal. Right. Your goal no. was to win. We loved motorcycles and we loved racing. Yeah. We did it way too cheap. We should have been oh. way more dead. We lost Jim West was a sad day, but yeah. that was way later. But um Yeah. So now that's a standard. The swinging arm on any bike, modern, the foot pick is directly under it. Yeah. So that it's Stays like a teeter totter. Yeah. yeah, you should have. There's no doubt you you should have you should have patented. It. So, how long did you stay with Yamaha? Oh, uh, the second time or the first time? First time. <laughs> <laughs> One year, you know, I was young, dumb, and all that. Yeah, and- I can go over here and get this. This will be better. Yeah, it was a lot of pride back then from the Swedes and the. Oh yeah. Uh, you know the the Spaniards. And the Japanese. Oh, yeah. You know, we make the bike. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, they got a hundred. That's, that's the Japanese right there. Yeah, they got a 140-pound packed fish rider Yeah, that can't even bottom out the bike. And they're thinking, hey, this guy here is good. But, you know, we go to Japan. We lap the poor guy. Yeah. And not to put him down, but they, they didn't have guys that could go fast over there. And that happened for a good nine years. They would not listen. No. To the American riders or the, the Europeans. Mm-mm. So the bikes come too soft, and there was a lot of things off. And they finally started listening to the factory riders. Well, as you're standing time. here with all your trophies, say, that's okay. You don't need to listen to me. It's perfectly yeah, okay. You know, exactly. This is, this is just a paperweight. If you want to hold it, you can hold it. But, uh, you know, so to you... answer your question, I was a little more hardcore. Yeah. So I went from factory <laughs> to factory to factory. Right. I hold the world record of 14 factory rides there's not even 14 factory manufacturers out there today i know wait a minute nobody wants to beat that record i don't think well it's kind of like when i was a service manager i instead of going to work for a good dealership i used to work for all the bad ones and try to fix them oh and try to make them better all right we're going to take a quick break man i tell you what i wish this was a whole hour i know we haven't even gotten to smoke we got dirt dude on the line uh, well, we'll do a little line? blowout and talk about some of the new stuff at Barona Speedway. Yeah, there and seemed to be they... some sort of announcement on KUSI yesterday. Did you hear it? I did. On FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Racer Radio right here on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. The segment is brought to you by El Cajon Ford, where nobody, absolutely nobody, treats you better than El Cajon Ford. Whether you're buying new or used, they really take care of you like family. 80% of the used cars are trade ins, and the rest go to the auction. Right now, we've got uh, Jeff Dale on the line. Hey, Jeff, how's it going, buddy? Doing good, and yourself? Not doing bad at all, so I see you found another job. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah, sounds like it. Just nobody told you, right? Exactly. So tell the folks out there that maybe they've never heard you before, uh, what what is kind of your past experiences? Well, actually, my, my brother is the, the brainchild behind uh, promoting and announcing and and I kind of went along with the ride. I was racing back in the early 90s, and and he was promoting along with my father. Uh, we ran the Imperial Speedway, uh, fa- our family did, from 1986 to 94. And then we ended up uh, partnering with uh, Keith Hall at uh, Manzanita Speedway. And then we 
continued doing some races with him. We used to have the Quaker State Classic uh, sprint car race every year that we did here in Imperial, and then we moved it to Phoenix, and we did that until uh, 1999. And then um, I got back into the scene uh, six years ago. We built a quarter-mile track, which is the same size as Barona, mm-hmm. and we've been running races now once a year uh, during the fair. That's awesome. So I understand that you're going to be coming over to Barona and you'll be uh, 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 announcing along with Dirt Dude. Uh, Brett Sexton has uh, basically partnered with the Salazars to basically put this track on the map, which I'm super excited about. Me too. Yep. Brent, uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff with Brent mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with the Lightning Sprints. And I uh, got to know Brent and, and really enjoy his company and and, uh, and and they bring a good 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 product to uh, a racing facility and so actually uh, I'm just kind of helping my brother out. My brother's he would have been on the call today, but it's his 40th anniversary, so he's <laughs> off and gone with his wife somewhere. So I'm kind of covering for him. But my brother is. Uh, he's got a vast experience of announcing. Uh, he's announced at oh, several tracks. So he's the one that's going to be doing the announcing, not you. Actually, yes. All I'm going to be doing is just kind of uh, uh, helping him out and uh, kind of doing a little bit of play-by-play. We've done it in the past. Yeah. Uh, but my brother is extremely good at, at announcing. Well, you he's, should have uh, taken his wife out for the 40th ooh, anniversary. They want to have a 41st, Dave. They want to have a 41st to <laughs> oh, celebrate. Oh, I think this guy would be perfectly okay with that. No, I'm only kidding. Well, we're really excited. I've already, I don't know what you've heard, but I've already had two segments on local television promoting the track, and I've got another one coming up on the 28th. And what I've been doing is bringing the kids into uh, the TV station just so people could realize that, you know, if you want to get straight A's out of your kid and good attendance and keep their rooms clean, put them in a race car. <laughs> well, you know, I, I it, that's what my father did to me. There was always a carrot out there in front. Uh-huh. And, yeah. But no, you didn't know it. True. You didn't know it back then. All you knew is, hey, Dad's let me go race. So this is really good. Co- wait, wait, wait a minute. I got to get straight A's. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to get my room. I got to do chores. Or you'll take my car away. Works every time. Absolutely. <laughs> Did it the same with my kids, and it worked really well. <laughs> and they don't. They haven't figured it out yet either. But they will when they have their kids. But I think you know, talking <laughs> talking to 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 Brent. I mean, he gave me a whole cadre of uh, what's going to be happening at the track. I mean, we're going to start seeing more lightning sprints. I think the three sixties are going to be coming. So I think the whole. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the whole layout is really going to be beneficial. The dwarf cars will still be there, and I think it's going to just give you a show that you're going to really, really enjoy. Not that it wasn't good before, because it was. It, it, it was it was really good, but I think this is going to be an enhancement that I think is going to be really huge. Yes, absolutely. And and I was excited to see all the improvements out at the facility. Um, Brent's working really hard along with Todd, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think he's done a, a great job getting the facility into uh, tip-top shape. Right. Uh, the one thing that that um, you will see with, with my brother Mickey is he is a literally a, an encyclopedia of racing, <laughs> and he's going to bring a lot of interesting uh, tidbits to mm-hmm. to a show and, and make it exciting for the crowd and. 
and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Um, both of us had prior engagements um, coming into the first uh, race on uh, early April. We won't be a- able to attend until the 17th. Ah. But uh, well, a busy life. Both yeah, well, Dirt. A bunch of things going on. But, yeah, uh, Dirt, Dirt Dude will handle, will handle that aspect of it. But, no, you know, nobody realizes how important it is to have an announcer that knows the series he's he's covering. It's so, so, yep. so important. I, I don't know if you remember Cajon Speedway, but every once in a while they'd ask me to sub for Tom McGrath, and it would just make me nervous as can be because I didn't know the drivers like he knew them. I mean, he'd get there two hours early, stay in the pits. He knew the families. He knew everything there was to know about him. Me, I'd yell at him, if you don't paint your name big on the roof of your car, I'm not even going to mention you. <laughs> you know, and Tom knew the car just by you didn't have to have the name on the car. So I, it always makes me nervous when somebody says, hey, do you want to go in and sub for? Uh, no, no, I'm perfectly OK. I'm very good at that. You guys are just fine. So, no, I've heard nothing but good things about you guys. And and like I said, it's all about the backstory. It's not just about number seven going in a circle. You got to talk about the backstories. You got to tell the folks what you know about them to so that it'll it'll build that relationship to where that'll be their driver, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That that's always a fun part as a spectator. As a racer, I look forward to meeting you. A dirt dude was really good about coming in the pits. Right, right. So I look forward to meeting and by you the way, and your this, brother. This is Brittany Sandoval. <laughs> She's the racing school teacher. She'll be driving number thirty seven dwarf car. And uh, she's all excited. She just got power steering last week, so now she does In the mail. It's not in the car yet, so in the mail. So ex- she sleeps with her power steering, but, which we don't want to go any deeper yeah. than that. But but April 3rd, he was referring to an early April, just for listeners. Right, April ahead, 3rd Go is ahead the and ask race. him. Go ahead and ask oh, him. Oh, I, I can know ask? You get- is there a practice April 2nd? Do you know? I ask everyone I can ask. Not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Ah, I, I wasn't going to ask because no, he's. I only he has did prior that engagements. I heard. I mean, you ask everybody, people that I come do. in that you don't even know. Well, I have a car that was completely taken apart, and we're going to put it all back together. And you and want it's practice. nice to practice, and never had power steering before. It would be nice. So she'll be the one out there spinning donuts constantly. (laughs) What is wrong with her? Back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. I'll get it. But thank you. I mean, fresh blood's never a bad thing. It's just so wonderful to have a home track. I know. And I work, I mean, both Brittany and I on radio and on TV, we work so hard because we lost Cajon Speedway. We lost uh, Speedway 117. We lost Carlsbad uh drag strip we lost the motocross track in carlsbad which we have a very special guest in the house marty tripe and i'm sure you pounded around carlsbad a lap or two right quite a bit quite a bit more than you care to admit right yes and when i see a track on the on the verge of going away because of lack of uh sponsorship lack of participation because you know you could complain about tracks all day long but if you don't put your butt in the seat then those tracks will go away, and, and land just gets so, so expensive here in, mm-hmm. here in California. And I heard we just lost a track over in Arizona. I heard that. I saw that announcement, too. Or April 3rd is their last race, Something their first like and last race. See, and and COVID didn't help. No, no, it didn't. But And I think we're going to be able to get Barona off, off the ground April 3rd. You guys will be back, what, on the 17th, as you say? Yes. Yep. So where so where are you based at? Because you know I'm going to drag you down to KUSI TV. 
um, here in Pearl Valley. Oh, that's not that and far. It, no, it's not. Um, I do a lot of traveling in my, my line of work, so it, uh, 100 miles to me is lifetime. Oh, wait miles. a minute. We don't want to <laughs> talk to this guy. We want to talk to the main guy, right? This guy, isn't he second? Both. Is he second string? They're no. brothers. Oh, Both. they're brothers. Oh, well, we got to have two. <laughs> yin and yang. You get, you get yin and yang. Okay, yes. I see how it rolls. I see. Well, take a look at your calendar, the 28th. Like I said, I'm, I, I, I've talked to Trisha. I haven't heard what's coming down, but, you know, come on down and we'll put your face to the on TV so at least when people go to the racetrack, um, if you get your brother, that'd be great too. But, you know, that way people say, oh, yeah, that's the the new announcers, you know, that kind of thing. Sure, no, I can get Mickey. We'll, we'll be able to do it. It was just yeah. there's just two no. things that came up right now that we were tied up. But yeah. After that, we're we're home free. And uh, please come into the pits. We all want to meet you. Yeah, they're gonna. Oh, absolutely. No, I plan on it. Well, there's I... a lot of people that I used to race with years ago that race at Perona now. But, uh, uh, I always see them and and catch up on stuff. Yeah, well, be ready because when you walk in the pits, there's going to be eight billion questions. You can just guarantee because you know they always go after the new guy when he comes in on the track (laughs) (laughs) we're used to it though i'm sure you guys are all right buddy well hey i'm gonna go ahead and let you go thanks a million for taking time out of this afternoon and we really really look forward to having you up at barona i see nothing but great things happening and like i said radio tv we're here for you anytime you need us thank you so much Right. Look forward to seeing everybody soon. Thank All you. Right. You take care. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Has anybody called in from Scott? Oh, looks like looks like these two. Oh, my goodness. We're going to go wild again. They got plenty. On FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back. You are listening to Racer Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. This is brought to you by Paris Auto Speedway. If you've never been to that half-mile clay dirt track, holy moly, you got to hang on for dear life. Mm-hmm. They're working feverishly to try to open. I haven't heard any dates yet on when they are going to open, but it's got to be around the corner shortly. Scott Delosio normally calls in. But I think he's a little tied up today. So we will talk to Smoking Joe and Marty Tripe. Oh, yes. So what's this event you got coming up there, Sunshine? Get close to the mic. Not well, quite an event, right, Joe? Well, Sorry. I don't know. Uh, Marty Tripes is my hero, um, one all-time hero. I saw him win the Super Bowl of motocross in, what was that, 72? Yes, and, 72. And his ass never uh, touched the seat. <laughs> He was standing up on the turns, and everybody was wondering, "What's what he doing? What's he doing? Is he doing?" He never sat down. All these other riders, uh, Europeans, were just scratching their head, and uh, he blew him away. And he was 16 years old, and uh, turned out later years we became uh, very good friends. Uh, from when he was 16, uh, I think I met him in the sand pits when my motorcycle was broke down. It was. I had a chain link uh, wrapped up in my rear oh, sprocket. That doesn't sound and, fun. And this guy came up and uh, and lifted up the back end of the bike, and he said, "Here, uh, he said, you hold the bike up here, and I'll spin the back tire." And he, anyway, he got me going, and uh, 
uh, when he rode off, uh, one of my buddies said, you know who that was? <laughs> I said, no. He said, that was Marty Tribes. I said, no. What? Yeah. Marty Tribes helping me out. And you couldn't catch him to get an autograph. Yeah, or, oh, or no. thank him. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, uh, as the years go on, uh, I was chasing him around down the pits when I was riding a sheriff's uh, off-road vehicle that... Uh, that's a different story. I can never Out catch in Santee? In Santee Sandpits. Remember that, Marty? <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't want to remember yeah, that. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> and, and they wondered why I couldn't catch him. But uh, uh, they knew I was racing motorcycles. They said, why can't you catch him? I said, well, that's, that's, Marty a, tries. <laughs> that's a whole different uh, ball game there. Anyway, uh, uh, later, Marty Tripes, uh, we rode in Mexico a lot together. He showed me the trails down there, the Baja trails, and we had some good, drank a few beers and uh, rode motorcycles. And uh, one one year he called me up and he said, uh, you know that Los Antianos Motorcycle Club won't uh, allow us to join their club. <laughs> I, I said, wonder why? why? I wonder why. <laughs> he said, maybe maybe it's our reputation. And I said, uh Well, really? we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're a drinking club with a motorcycle problem. <laughs> And he said, "That's that's why." So so we formed a a club uh, called the Borrego Negros, and uh, we started putting on rides down there. And uh, the revenue that we that we uh, got, uh, we were helping a school in Tecate, and we bought them a school bus. <laughs> we helped a lot of the kids out with money and. Sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool, Marty. Yeah, it was very satisfying. The one kid, parents were dead, and he was living out in the sticker bushes. Mm. But he made himself go to school from very low grade. And damn if he didn't graduate. And I think we put him through college with the funds that we produced and income wow. from our writer. Sure. Right. Right. So that's what Borrego Negro is about. We never took a dime. Right. And we Are you still doing it? Well, right now with the COVID, we uh, have until done COVID, it. but yeah, yes. but yes. until yes. but right up yes. to COVID, yeah. you did it. Yeah, we're, we're going to do it again. Yes. Yeah. Well, what I would love super again, cool, huh? Yeah, what I'd love to do when you guys decide to do your next one, let me know. And you got a week and a half to get ready. Not a problem. I can make <laughs> you a KUSI. All you have to do is come to me. It's easy. I don't have to lift a finger. But you know, and the reason I bring it to my, your, your attention is because. One thing on TV, I, I, like I don't get paid to do KUSI. I volunteer to do it because it's all about giving back. And if we do it maybe a couple of weeks prior to your event, if you're looking for more riders, be ready because you will get inundated because usually it's a 50% increase of whatever you're doing once you've been on TV. Yeah, Joe has a lot more information on this. Yeah, but Dave, Dave said he doesn't get paid, but if you see what's – in the parking lot well, out there. They're going to take it Aston, away Aston Wednesday. Martin, <laughs> Aston Martin sitting out there. That's but like a $200,000 But they're going to take it away yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, only gets it a week. <laughs> and they gave me a Volkswagen Ariton. But, 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 oh. but I have a key in my Buzz pocket. Kill. Yes, you do. You better make sure pocket. you have those keys, Dave, when we leave. <laughs> I'm going to take it for a little spin. No, I bet you. Oh, man, I can see it now. Just like oh, boy. Days of Thunder. Any, Come any, back with a door hanging <laughs> off. Yeah. Anyway, Marty Tripes uh, started doing a motor, uh, Marty Tripes motorcycle clinic. Uh, and he uh, he was my trainer. And I used to go do uh, a lot of training with him. And I appreciate learning a lot of the a lot yeah. of things that he knew that uh, the average rider didn't know how to do. Because he wouldn't tell him. 
No, he wouldn't tell him. And uh, <laughs> one time he he worked with me on just the starts oh, for about yeah. four hours working. His, remember that, Barty? <laughs> four I, hours of the start. I can't remember a 78-year-old guy taking off on a 450, and he's what? hanging on like he's a wet rag. <laughs> and he comes to me, he goes, is that how you do it? I go, that's pretty close. That's yes. pretty close. Yeah, you're halfway there. <laughs> Well, if it took four hours, would well, that say he's yeah. kind of a slow learner? Well, it no. paid off because no. it's hard. And then he went to the race, and here's Joe at 70-some-odd years old, and the oldest guy in the line's like 25, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets to the first turn, he's leading, and he goes, I oh. didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I got there first, but now what? Now what? <laughs> now we got to go work more on the track. <laughs> Well, I, I, I usually like to be chasing somebody, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, when you're in the lead, it's, it's no fun. It, it really uh, isn't. Uh, yeah. Because, you can't breathe. You forget yeah. to breathe. That's and, number one. And and, all, all these punks are coming at oh, you. Oh, yeah. man. You know, it's, it's no fun, but uh, I've had some good, good, real good times with Marty. He's a personal friend. He's got a big heart. He's not only a, a, a Hall of Famer, yeah. but if people know who he is, he, he's... He's all that. Heart of gold. He's all that, yeah. So sure. I, let me just ask you. So starting, you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. It's the most important. What are some of the little – Not don't give me all of them, but what, what's <laughs> one of the main tricks that, that you taught this old bird as far as starting goes? Well, Dropping most, that clutch. Dropping that yes, clutch. Yes. Most people, uh, they don't lean far enough forward. And then they don't know how to make dead weight. You ever had your body – like say a drunk, mm-hmm. and you're trying to pick him up the pole. Oh yeah, you can't. You know how heavy he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can do that with your body on a bike, and the weight equals traction because yeah. it's putting the knobby mm-hmm. into the earth. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that was hard to teach him. Was like you're laying dead drunk. Yeah. Over the bars, but yet you're racing. Yeah. <laughs> yet you're not drunk, Joe. And, you're and, not. You made that clear, right? And right. I think because like I was watching. It's funny you should say because I was watching last night. When I was watching the the four fifties and the two fifties go off, and they all had their finger on the front brake and on the clutch pedal, so do they? T- do you touch the back brake at all, or do you just no hold no it, back brake? Hold it with the with the front. Mainly the reason they have the front brake on is they're revving those bikes so hard, right? The clutch is heating up and it's starting to drag. It's starting to want to go forward, uh, so it's just kind of a safety factor. Gotcha. There's nothing worse than hanging your wheel up in that metal bracket when it comes. Yeah, we've done that once or twice, but it makes you a lot faster racer. Somehow you got to get back to the front so you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like I said, to me, you know, back in your day, you know, I mean, no different than today. I mean, everybody wants to win. I mean, nobody's out there just because they're having fun. I think there might be a little bit more pressure today, you think, from sponsors and factories or do you would you say it was pretty tough even back in the day it's been tough all along all along the different years the bikes the suspension the power but the thing is what the most biggest factor is you have to want it yeah even if you got a bad bike you gotta look area up and down the line say their asses are mine that's right and you gotta let them know it by your eyes or telling them or whatever you gotta do telling them huh you do the dale earnhardt i used to go down the starting line Oh, really? And tell every one of these SOBs that I'm going to win. Yeah. And they'd look at me like, wow, he just said that to me? And you now know what it does? It, it messes up their minds, yeah. you know? Psychological. Not only could I do it, but it really 
Well, see, that's where the bad part was. You told them, and then you did it. Yes. So now the next... The next race, it's like oh. all you had to do is look at them the next time. Yes. <laughs> well, because not, you know, and I, I would, I would equate that to say Dale Earnhardt, because he used to do that all the time. He'd intimidate yeah. the snot out of you That's to the you point do. where he painted his car black. He wore the big dark sunglasses, refused to wear a full face so you could see his face, and it was all about intimidation. And he was unique because he took the sport ten times over. You know, he would drive with his head out the window because he wanted to feel the air on his face so that when he was behind a car, he knew whether he could <laughs> slipstream him or not. And I'm sure you, that's what you did. I mean, you ate, slept, and drank motorcycles. Yeah, one night before the race in Michigan. This is typical dumb dumb idiot, Marty, who had a pie-eating contest. <laughs> who could eat it the fastest? And there was like $1,000 for the winner. So I ate a, a lemon meringue pie. And I beat everybody. And Hannah was there egging it on because I was beating him, and he didn't eat the pie. Uh, so I did it for the $1,000, and after everybody left, I went and threw it up, you know. Yeah. So I was fine. But the master of this was Joe Robert from Belgium. Mm-hmm. He'd come up, smoking a cigarette on the starting gate, looking for the, the two-minute sign, and he'd reach over of his cigarette and put it out on the guy's grip next to him. <laughs> you know? Really? Oh, yes, for real. Or he'd take a whiskey bottle what? and he'd, he'd empty it or vodka oh, and, and it was poured full of water, water yeah. in uh, Austria. The the running group FIM said he couldn't race because they had believed he was such a trickster that he was guzzling this mm, water, water and they but... thought it was whiskey <laughs> and all the writers are looking at him and so they had to pull him, you know, they had to Stop the start before they started, and they had to talk to him. And he had to convince them that it was a prank that he never drinks before a race, yeah. but he did sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> in this particular race, he had everybody fooled, including the officials. Yeah, so they had to go and smell his breath and do all this stuff. And that's the type of guy Joel was. Wow. And I try to copy him, obviously. Well, yeah, because look how look how well he did. You know, I mean, that uh, is just. Well, that was Marty Tripe's hero. Yes. Right, oh, that, yeah, right. That I, was yeah, your hero. You, you that wanted, was him. You, you learned a lot of bad things from him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we could talk about the Czechoslovakian Grand Prix, but I don't think we will. Yeah. <laughs> this is a family show. Uh, well, you know, like I said, it's. You know, motorcycling today, you know, has come so far, right, like we talked about. And the young kids coming up today through the ranks, I mean, you know, I would think it's just as difficult as it was when you were coming up through the ranks. Yes. I mean, right now, these guys have semis and bikes that are just astronomic. And um, then I'm always for the underdog myself. And you take JoJo Killer, who quit racing 10 years prior and he goes to Unadilla, New York, on a bike that's 15 years older than all the modern four-strokes. He's on a two-stroke. Yeah. He goes out without no practices, and he gets third place in the national first moto. Whoa. Can Whoa. you imagine the team managers looking at their riders like, <laughs> why are we paying these yeah. guys? And look at him on that old beat-up uh-huh. bike. He came here in a Volkswagen bug with his bike on the rear bumper. You know, with tie downs to keep it on there. So uh, hey, that proves it's it's not the arrow; it's the Indian. It is, yeah, yeah right. You gotta want well, it, like, like you Tommy said. Croft, Tommy Croft, the tomahawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It is the Indian. Yeah, it is. Oh, man, those names. I'm getting goosebumps. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Racer Radio with FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Racer Radio, right here on FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. The is brought to you by Certified Car Clinic, in-house dyno. Once they do it, they can show you what they've done. Performance, drag racing, off-road, buggies, dirt cars, street cars, you name it, they can do it. At Certified Car Clinic, go to certifiedcarcare.net. All right. Brittany's done it again. Brought in Marty Tripe yeah. and Smoking oh. Joe. I see the phone lines are lit up there, Dave. No, you know Looks what? Looks like Peter Starr's calling for Brittany. Yeah, well, that's no <laughs> doubt. The phone just melted. Now, you know, I stopped taking I stopped taking phone calls years Except ago. him. Well, that, we took calls from Marty. <laughs> see, he's different. But, you know, I just, no, you know, it's just, I, I spend too much money to have to have somebody call in and say, is my water pump leaking? And you know no. what you could do to yeah. fix it? No. Not doing that stuff. So, so what are you doing now? Just trying to live day to day, having fun with it. He's crewing you know, for Smoking Joe. It was funny. I was having this conversation with a very old friend, and I was going, "I'm tired." He goes, "What do you mean you're tired?" I go, "I just reflect." And I go, "I have been going since I was 12 yeah. years old." Mm-hmm. I started putting together, and something I didn't even think about. I've been world champion in three different sports. And, three um, different sports. Three different sports. The okay. first two L.A. Coliseums with the Europeans there. Then in short course, Mickey Thompson, 1985. Oh, that's right. And then paintball of Guns of Navarone, which um, I'm responsible for paintball. I'm one of the forefathers. We were world champions 89, 88, 89, and 90. In paintball? In paintball. I'm a huh. big innovator of paintball. No when you play paintball, there's a, a gun that you have to shoot over right. for the speed limit. The speed limit's 300 feet per second, uh-huh. and that's Marty Tripes. I'm that, the one that created that. That was your little invention? Yeah, the safety Did goggles. Did you patent that? Uh, nope. No. You know what? Peter Starr just left. He hung up. <laughs> that's so funny. There's like eight of them I should have patented. Oh, no. Yeah. But I'm, you had fun. Yeah. Oh, we had a blast. But the thing is, there was another 20 years of living on an airplane, the same uh, as Supercross and Motocross yeah. and you know, I look at planes these days and going, you guys can have that. Yeah. No, you know? I, I'm right there with you, man. I, I, have an, I have a press event that I got to go to next month, and it's a five-hour drive. So I looked at it, and I said, okay, by the time I get up in the morning, go to the airport, stand in line, get all this, get on the plane, fly to Tucson. You're better just driving at six mm-hmm. hours. Thank you very much. Yes. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to get myself... I'm going to order a pretty cool little car, and I'm just going to bail over there. But I'm like you, I'm and I don't, I didn't do as much flying as you did because you flew everywhere. Yes, I'm just now adding that up, I'm decided to finally write a book. And I going to write a book. I am excellent. When's, okay, here's the deal. As soon as it's done, give me a copy. I will read it, and then I will definitely. It'll be a little it. hard. It's a Mexa check language so oh boy i don't know how many people are going to be able to read this oh Brittany, Brittany can help me <laughs> oh no i hope oh, there's no. lots of pictures <laughs> yes well you know and i think it's so important that you do that because it, it, it's just so important that you take and i know you probably don't think so but 
your history, as Smoking Joe will tell you, is priceless, and it needs to get on paper, on a screen. It needs to. It, you just need to capture it. You know what I mean? They've been bugging me for years, and I finally know. I said, you know what? I don't think it's going to be that interesting. That's just me. But that's thinking. you. That's you. So we're just going to do it and see what happens. What do I tell little kids when they come in here? I say, go when you leave oh, here. Write in a journal. Go get a journal. Mm-hmm. One page a night before you go to bed. Just write it down. Whatever your day was like, write Where it down. Where was he 50 years ago? I know. I wish I would have done it, you know. <laughs> Not that my life is as exciting as, as somebody like yourself or even Smoking Joe. But, you know, at the age of 45, 50 years old, you just hand it to a TV producer and they make a movie out of it and everybody would go watch it. I mean, well, look at... Seriously. I can't really say, but... Um... You never know. You never say you, never. Marty, can I do one of the chapters for you? Oh, boy. Uh, well, you better think twice on that. I better make, make you... it a secret chapter. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> proofread yeah. it, Marty. Yeah. yeah, proofread it after he's written it and, and take yeah. it away. But I think, you know, but one thing, it seems that you've got a pretty decent memory. So you're able to capture, you know, the experiences that you've had throughout the years. Yes, a lot of it, and there's you know there's a lot that I forgot, and I've just been getting reminded from friends. So what I did, yeah, all my friends from grade school, from racing going forward to this year, mm-hmm. all of them are writing what they did with me. Oh my god, what gosh, they that's, saw. That's brilliant. And then that's I got brilliant. all the racers, pro racers that are still alive. Jesus, we're old. I know. And, I know. Um, I know. They're you have telling to say that. All, like there's a really famous story of Jim Weinert. You know, back then, marijuana was kind of the drug mm-hmm. for some riders, and I'll just tell you this quick story. Anyway, he made fresh brownies for Brad oh. Lackey, and I walk in the motor room going, God, smell those brownies. I could eat that whole thing. No, I hope and you Wider, didn't. Wider's going, don't touch those brownies, Marty. I go, just one. He goes, don't touch those brownies. I ate like three of them. No, you did not. I did. Nothing happened. An hour later, I go into the restaurant to have dinner before the race the next day, and I cut my steak, and I couldn't stop with a knife. And I looked at everybody, I go, I am a robot. And I, somebody help me. And I cut that steak for 20 minutes in the oh same spot. That is so funny. Oh, I had no idea what happened to me. Yeah. We all got in trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, but it's so, that is such a smart way. Yeah. Reach out to all the friends that are still, and have them do, and then it's all you have to do is get somebody to, you know, piece yeah. it all together. Yes. Not, not only does it bring up memories you may have forgotten, but it also shows a different perspective. Oh, it's different. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you've seen versus what they've seen you know, might be just a little bit different. Going down the highway in Pennsylvania, I wonder why everybody stopped looking up the hill. Yeah. There's three UFOs. I've seen them. You did? I've seen a lot of weird things traveling around the world. Yeah, I would imagine so, but nobody wants you to say anything. Yeah, they'll think I'm nuts. Well, guess what? I am nuts. Yeah, aren't we all? (laughs) And what a great way to be. But you know, motocross and racing, people that you meet in it Mm -hmm. all have pretty good common sense. Yeah. And they're good people. Right. If you're good to them, they'll give you the shirt off their back. That's right. If you crash and nobody's with you and you got a broken leg, they're the first ones to step up and say, we'll take your gear, we'll drive your That's truck, right. get you to the hospital, mm-hmm. take all your stuff home, and put it away. 
Motocross people are really good yeah, people. They really, really are. They well because it's a family. Yes. I mean, for one thing, you traveled. You know, you traveled from circuit to you know to all the different races, mm-hmm. and even though you you were competitors on the track, you were friends off the track. Because where else would you go? Right. Yeah, the family's good. You know, and I think it goes for drag racing, automobile racing. I think it's just the racing part of it is mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It keeps kids out of trouble. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Motivation, you know? too busy, Get too tired. Get them that cell phone and oh, computer my games. My God. God. I know, I know. And, and and we get little kids in here was what young as seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Years I do old. that to you, yes. And it's just a handful. Make a fire. Uh, how, how do you do? Oh, yeah, that? right, exactly. Oh my God, really? Well, did you see the one where they handed these kids a rotary phone? Oh, they don't know how. I got one still. <laughs> I do too. And yeah. they said, make a phone call. Yeah. And they could not figure out how to make a phone call. Yeah. That this I've one I got that. was an ancient one, and it's got a white handle, and they used it in Star Trek, of all things. And I told this kid, hey, go make this phone call. And he couldn't find the rotary yeah. uh, button, the wheel, because yeah. it was sitting underneath the phone. Oh, so one remember you those? Turned? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you got one of those? Up? I have one yeah. of those. Yeah. Are you a collector? Uh, some things. I'm terrible. Shavers, razors. Yeah, I'm into. Have you ever seen the M and M's candy dispensers? Oh just tall? yes. I have every one of them, and as you come in my front door, they're lined both sides. I bet you. Antique did. radios. I just bought a 1923 lighter, uh, a Ronson lighter. Thing must weigh four pounds. Yes. So I had to go buy an ashtray, of course, because and I don't even mm-hmm. smoke. But yeah, no, it's M and M should call you and give you. The money that they're giving Kurt Bursch. <laughs> they should come to think of it. Well, you know what? If you Google those candy, there's no more available. I've gone you and bought every all. one of them. Yes. It's worth yeah. money. I know, but I, they're all my kids. I'm not right. selling all this. What do you think, Pops? Let's do it, man. Yeah. We're going to come hey, back. I was going to tell you about a story at Brona Oaks Raceway. All right. You got a few minutes. Go for it. Hey, the, there was uh, mini madness up there. Oh, and yeah. and uh, I rolled to the starting line. And I get to the starting line, I looked over to my left side, and I see Ron Lachine, a former national champion there. Wow. And I'm I'm like 65 years old, and uh, I said, Ron, uh, am I in the right line? <laughs> he said, uh, are you over 40? I said, yeah. He said, well, you're in the right line. <laughs> they dropped that gate. He was racing, and I was chasing. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> so, did you catch him? <laughs> no. He didn't catch him. Man, we're uh, hoping next you're time, catching. Next time. Well, Marty, I'm just going to say it right here and now. You are always welcome to come back. Love to help promote your book. We'll definitely let's put an hour together and come in and just have some fun. What do you think? Certainly, that'd be a blast. Yeah, because I mean, between Lars and Tommy Croft, myself. Oh my god. Oh. You'd want to make sure they tune in for that one. Yeah, I got a sneaky feeling we will definitely <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. All right, Brittany, as yes, always, out of the park. Thanks. You did a phenomenal job. Thanks, guys, for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. But guess what? Guns uh, Owners Radio is coming up next. Your only two-hour gun show in Southern California. Wendy and I are going to take care of it all by ourselves. And I think she's overly excited this time. She was nervous last time. But this time, she's got her act together, and we are going to have a ball. Right here on FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer.
This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.